Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything new riff. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tastings. And of course, with me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleshik. Andy, how are you doing on this fine afternoon? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, had a fun New Year's. This is our first episode after 2021 New Year's, so yeah, happy yeah. New Year's happy, to everybody. Happy New Year's, folks. Um, but yeah, you know, doing pretty good. Had a fun New Year's. Um wasn't, of course, too eventful this year because of COVID right. and stuff, but, you know, sometimes it's nice to just have those kind of chill right. celebration nights, Definitely. I think. Yeah, food, drinks, bourbon with friends, and yeah. just laughing and, you know, hanging out and listening to music. Yeah, it was a good time. Definitely. Yeah. How was your Christmas? Did you get any good presents? Uh, I got a few good presents. I mean, probably the best one that I got, or the one I actually liked getting, I got a, a new set of kitchen knives. That I've been using a lot regularly, so that's been good for me. That was the highlight of my Christmas. Love it. How about you? Uh, yeah, I got some good Christmas presents. My girlfriend uh, came through clutch. She is uh, awesome. She got me a PS5 for Christmas. Oh, nice. Hasn't arrived yet because it's nearly impossible to get your hands on one that's early in the in the season, but uh, very se- excited that it'll eventually be here. Yeah, probably on like seven years back order with how many people have been ordering it. Oh my it. god. I'm hoping to get it sometime in February. <laughs> she did give me the new Call of Duty game to kind of like, to open, to kind of like signify that she will be she was going to be getting me the PS5. Placeholder. So that was cool, exactly. And then, uh, so I can't really play it, but at least I get to look at it. Woo. Yeah. Uh, but the coolest gift I've had so, that I've actually been able to use so far was also from my girlfriend. And uh, it was actually a bottle. This is a Kentucky Street Bourbon, but it's a, it's a bottle themed very much after... The you know what we're going to be talking about today yeah. with New yeah. Riff. Um, so it was actually funny. We were planning on doing this episode a few weeks back, and uh, she found out about it. She's I, like, "No, you can't do that episode." Then I think it was like the week of Christmas was it was that episode we were planning to do the week before ironically Christmas. enough. Yeah, yeah. So she was like, "You can't do the the you can't do the podcast that day. Just hold off on." It. I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> what's going on here?" So like clearly something was up. I knew she had to get she was getting me a uh, a New Riff themed present. So I didn't know what it was. Uh, but she actually uh, got me one of the single barrels. One of her friends, uh, one of her friends, the uh, they picked, they went out and picked out one of the barrels, and uh, she grabbed me a couple bottles of it, which is really cool because yeah. you know we we're already gonna do new riff, and I have yeah. my own kind of personalized <laughs> bottle. And you actually got the party source pick um, yeah. for the single barrel, so we got a couple really good single barrel options. We got the Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey that we're gonna uh, drink yeah. as well. So that kind of Christmas present. Uh, it was really fun. It kind of very much lines up with what we're going to be uh, doing today. I would say, everyone, real quick, pour yourself a glass of New Riff, uh, the Kentucky Street Bourbon Whiskey, or if you're lucky enough to get one of the single barrels, you can pour uh, one of those as well. Drink along with us. Of course, we will be doing a more official tasting of both of the single barrels and the Kentucky Street Bourbon later on in the episode, but just pour yourself a drink and uh, follow along with us as we go. Andy, without further ado, why don't we go ahead, jump right on in, and tell the folks everything they need to know about the young, the powerful new riff. Of course. So new riff. This is, I think, by far probably the youngest brand we've uh, talked about to date. They're originally founded in 2014, right across from us, actually across the river in uh, Newport, Kentucky, Covington, Kentucky, right across from, as John mentioned, uh, another store there, Party Source, mm-hmm. probably one of the biggest. Uh, liquor stores in the area. One it's of the not probably biggest in, in the country. Yeah. I've heard in the country. They actually share a, they actually share a parking lot yeah. as well. Yeah. So 
kind of always fun. Go down there. Always see that when you're visiting down there. That's about, uh, I mean, honestly, from where we're sitting right now, I'd say that's about like a 15, 20 minute drive, probably. Probably closer to 20, 30 well, minutes because it's about well, I mean, it 10 to 15 I guess it me. depends on what traffic's like. But, yeah. <laughs> but very, very close by. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, this is the closest distillery, I think, to us operating here in Cincinnati. And they're still an independent um, distillery. They were, like I said, they were set up in 2014 by one family with a tradition to, of course, maintain high standards for all of their products that they offer. Uh, of course, the main one being the bottled, 1897 Bottled and Bond Act. Their kind of goal with all their products is to meet or exceed the standards, the minimum standards set by that act. Yeah. You know, four years, 50% abv or 100 proof on everything yeah i really do love the uh, bottled and bond bourbons and, and whiskeys they I, I you know i hadn't really started trying the bottled and bond ones until very very recently um and i was just like every time i had one of the bottled and bonds i was obsessed uh, henry yeah. mckenna is one of my like favorite yeah. whiskeys right now and but it's bottled and bond. out there of course the uh, kentucky street bourbon whiskey bottled and bond now the single barrels we're going to be trying later are not bottled and bond no. um but still very very uh, delicious even you know better even even yeah. superior to i would say the kentucky street bourbon whiskey because it was handcrafted handpicked out for yeah. uh, the, the, our specific, uh, the, this, the lucky few who were able to get their hands on that party source lottery yeah. uh, single barrel, and of course, well, uh, that, I was lucky enough as well. Yeah, I just I just clocked it in. New, new, according to uh, Google Maps and current road conditions, uh, the trip to New Roof Distillery is clocking in at 14 minutes from here. Oh wow! Yeah, really, it's a lot really, quicker than really. I thought. Yeah, right. Head head down, head down 71 South really quick. Yeah, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's so wonderful to have such a well-respected and high-quality bourbon so freaking close to home. You know, I lived downtown in Cincinnati for years, so I was literally just a, you know, a walk across Stones the bridge. Stones throw away, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the one, exactly, and it's we're so lucky here in Cincinnati to have them there because, you know, they're always a presence, it seems like, with everything. Of course, they're always uh, shelling out well-known in the area, always highly spoken of with everybody I've talked to about them at least. And very high quality for, especially for how yeah. young of a distillery yeah. it is. Especially for exactly, you're right. Um, I don't think I think one of their founders came in somehow affiliated with either beer making or actual distilling. Yeah, and then they ended up founding their own, of course, distillery. I have a obviously. good fr- I have a good friend who I actually thought about having on the podcast today. Uh, his name is Jeremy. He's really into whiskey, really into bourbon. And uh, he, he's a huge New Roof fan. He's actually gone and done the pro- process where you pick out these the uh, these different barrels. Um, and nice. he has about 50 of his own bottles of New Roof at home. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, like real big fan. He was telling <laughs> me the, he was telling me some of the origin stories. I don't know how accurate it is, but he was kind of telling me that they did have a, a, a history in brewing. Uh, they did have that background. He he told me that the, the guy who kind of really founded it, founded New Roof and got it started, actually used to own Party Source. He claimed that they he sold Party Source back to the employees and uh, were enabled to kind of get that startup cash in order to really kick off New Riff and, and become one of the best distilleries in the country. Yeah. Again, don't know the uh, legitimacy of that story, but that is what he told me. Yeah. And I mean, as you just kind of mentioned there, new small distillery and their end goal is actually, as you kind of alluded to there, to be counted among the world's greatest small distilleries. Yeah. They want to be a very fresh, modern distillery, uh, but kind of also take it back to the classics of uh, the, you know, bourbon dis- uh, distillation. Yeah. They kind of, it's, uh, you know, their motto is a new, what is it? A new riff on, 
uh, new riff on old traditions. New riff on old traditions, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it's very much what they're going for. You take a look at their their building; it's like a modernized, sleek, um, you know, spaceship type looking building. But you know, you look at the actual uh, warehouse; it's very old school. It really kind of has Definitely. that new riff on old traditions. That's I think the very much the vibe that comes through almost every aspect of them, from the building to the, the you know the, the distillery, the distillery to the warehouse to the the bottles, the actual taste of their bourbon. Yeah, I think it very much is you know taking bourbon into the you know the 21st century but at the same time we're you're not you're not going to you know crap on or, or you know yeah. forget the traditions and that have made bourbon great for centuries yeah i try to honor the exactly right try to honor that uh tradition there but you know understand that sometimes maybe you need to innovate at least a little bit on it as much as you can and i think that is something that definitely has helped get them into um you know, in a notoriety, not just for the product alone, but get actually get them onto the Kentucky Craft Bourbon Trail. So they're one of the stops along that trail, which is distinct from the actual Kentucky Bourbon Trail, you know, with a lot of the other brands that we've talked about, like Maker's Mark, Jim Beam, uh, Buffalo Trace was on it, and then Angel's Envy. So there's kind of two different trails there. So that's kind of another nice thing to have, you know, a stop there on that craft trail so close to cincinnati do you know any of the other bourbons that are on that uh, craft bourbon trail oh gosh i don't even remember who else is on the trails i'm, I'm on putting them on the trail, spot so folks I, so <laughs> i can't tell you if i've ever heard of the other um other other distilleries on that kentucky craft trail honestly gotcha. yeah I, I you know i like to keep andy on his toes here sometimes <laughs> i gotta throw these tough ones at him yeah, it's I. I mean, I, I I haven't paid attention to that one too much yet because I've been focusing on the actual Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Of course, first. You, can only, you can only focus on so many bourbon trails at once, right? Yeah. Got any before you kind of go? It makes a lot of sense before you go on to one of the more unique, small, you know, you know, kind of just up and coming trail. You'd want to hit all the major ones that have been there for for a very long time. New Rib. You, it looks like they break them down into the regions: northern, central, western, and bluegrass. Uh, and then and they kind of have them ranked per by region. Northern region, of course, you can't go get any more northern Kentucky than right along the Kentucky or the Ohio River between Kentucky and yeah, you know, and uh, and Ohio. So New Rib is number one on that northern region. You have Second Sight, Old Pogue. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Boone County, Neely Family, and the uh, central region. They've got Kentucky Artisan, KY Peerless. Uh, Willet is another one of the, uh, which we're actually going to be talking about next week. That is uh, another one on the craft uh, trail there in the central region, kind of central, you know, much closer to like the Buffalo Trace and those kind of areas. And you got about, um, you know, 19, 20 in total here on this uh, on this trail. I've only only a few of them I've heard of, actually. Uh, Willet, New Riff. The Old ones Pogue. I really know very well. Uh, Peerless, I've heard of. Yeah, Old Bo- Pogue, I've heard of. I think Boone County. Um Second sight, but most of these, you know, I've not really heard of before. Just shows that, you know, as far as their company goes, New Riff and Willow, I think, really do stand head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, definitely. As far, no, I, as, far I, as these craft bourbons go. I agree with you there. And, it, you know, it shows through in at least uh, New Riff's products. So they have a few. Uh, as you were mentioning, they have their straight bur- bourbon, bottled and bond. Um, that's something that they do. Four-year-old sour mash. Chill filter, hundred proof, um, and then you know the mash bill on that is sixty five percent corn, thirty rye, so another high rye uh, bourbon here, and then five percent malted barley. 
Then they have, of course, the rye whiskey, which is like literally about as high as you can get in rye. It's 95% rye, 5% malted rye. And then Super they, rye. Yeah. And then they have a single barrel version of that, as well as the single barrel, of course, as we mentioned earlier, of the straight bourbon. Uh, and limited availability is super exclusive to an extent to kind of get those um, single barrels, like p- store picks or anything of that. Do we real quick to interject here? Do we know the actual family, the owners of the distillery? Have we ever been? I don't. To I don't remember out? their names offhand. They have it on their website, I think. Right. Who? Of uh, the family name. Um, I'll pull it up. It's all good. Yeah, and then they have three other products that they do. Uh, their backsetter bourbon, which they kind of do, I think the same process and same mash bill as their straight bourbon, if I remember correctly. But then what they do is they kind of um, continue. It's kind of just a, if I had to describe it, not exactly um, Solera casking, but it's kind of similar to what they do with Solera casking in bourbon and whiskey, how you have like some bourbon that's like five, you know, you might have five, 10, 15, 20 year old barrels mm-hmm. And as you empty some of the 20-year-old barrels, you'll refill them with some of the 15, so on and so forth down the line. So kind of to just trying to sit there and do that and do experiments with it to try and figure out how complex bourbon can kind of become, like with adding peat-smoked malted barley or peat-smoked malted rye, stuff like that to it. Mm-hmm. And then they also do a, a couple different gins, uh, just a regular gin and then a bourbon barrel aged gin. Well, at least a bourbon barreled gin. I don't know if it's actually aged at all, but a bourbon barreled gin. And then another a, a Balboa rye, which is substituting just regular rye, that 95% with a 95% Balboa rye and strain. Do you know exactly what Balboa rye is? To be honest with you, um, I don't know the distinction between that and like other strains of rye used in uh bourbons and ryes but this is this the balboa rye is a strain of rye that used to be used in bourbon and rye um whiskeys but really is not anymore so it's kind of again something that they're bringing back an heirloom grain of rye which dates back to the 1940s huh i didn't know that yeah it's a very popular rye in the state of indiana apparently oh yeah i guess right up your alley yeah my boy from Indianapolis here. Yep. Uh, Jeremy, my friend who I mentioned her previously on the podcast, he is a huge fan of the Balboa ride. He's always like, if you ever get your hands, ever see it at Balboa, let me know. Yeah. It's, I, it's legit. It does not mess around. And uh, just yeah. another top, top end, top shelf product. Yeah. I, a young distiller. Yeah. No, I'll, I, I'll for sure keep my eyes on it. I haven't seen it around in any of the stores I normally go to. So I'm thinking maybe that might only be available at the distillery, but I don't 100% know yeah. the availability of it. I dug into it a little bit. It looks like it was, like you mentioned, it was founded in 2014. It was founded by Ken Lewis, who is a visionary Kentucky liquor retailer and entrepreneur. Kind of mentioned the fact that he was involved in brewing, uh, that he was involved in the uh, you know, the management there and the ownership there at uh, Party Source as well. Yeah, which would kind of... I guess to an extent makes sense for the proximity of it all. Yeah, his family is very much involved in the process of the uh, of the distillation and the marketing and, and everything involved. You know, from the top to bottom, T to B, Andy. Uh, oh, yeah. The one of the big questions I did have for you, um, it all of course it says bottled and bond on the Kentucky Straight Bourbon, and it also 
mentions that it was bottled and bond without chill filtration. Uh, what is this chill filtration, Andy? Let's talk, tell the folks a little bit about it. And if it's not used, if they don't use chill filtration, then how do they, you know, how do they go about making their whiskey? So basically, simply put, as I understand chill filtration, which is kind of a bad side story here. Chill filtration is kind of a lot of like how, where you'll see in beers like, you, you know, Natty Ice or something like that. Um, just throwing an example there. It's something where they'll kind of, well, with beers, I think is actually different. So, but in bourbons and whiskeys, a lot of chill filtration, to not get too scientific and technical with it, basically it's a way of, you're through chilling down the whiskey through a set of pipes and everything, basically you're bringing out some of the particulates that you'll see in a whiskey that in a non-chill filter, filtered whiskey you'd see. So, you know, if you look at any whiskey and it has a little bit of a, like a cloudier, hazier um, look to it when you shake up the bottle, or like if you see any stuff like at the bottom of it, that's one that's probably not chill filtered. So it kind of, it, it kind of makes it look clearer or more see-through product. Um, and I, I think there's kind of advantages to both, in my opinion. You know, you'll get some of those particulates out of in chill filtration, but you might you might pre- create a better product kind of either way. Hmm. And that's I think if I remember correctly from the distilling side of it, I think that's one that's done at the very end after you d- dumped the barrels. Okay, that's a process right before you bottle them. Right, and after you've uh, dumped them, it says you they lower the temperature of the whiskey to several degrees below freezing. But of course, at that temperature, the the whiskey is still liquid, yeah. uh, and the haze producing compounds have kind of clumped together um, that you were discussing there, and they kind of use those at that point. They use those a, a series of filters um, to essentially trap those compounds and, and kind of remove them uh, from the the whiskey. You know, the amount removed is often dependent upon how many different. Uh, filters are are used there. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of I think it kind of depends on which distiller you're talking to if they want to sit there and do that. Right. As far as I've heard, because obviously with New Riff, and I think it's one in a lot more. I think don't quote me on this, but I think a lot more like scotches and maybe Irish whiskeys don't do chill filtration. It's I don't think it's as common in bourbons to do. Gotcha. All right, Andy. It's about that time. Do you have any other comments for the folks real quick on uh, New Riff before we jump into the tastings? <laughs> Not before we jump to our favorite section. Uh. All right, folks. Let's go ahead. Let's start off by uh, pouring ourselves a glass of the Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey from New Riff. Bottled in bond without chill filtration, 100 proof, 50% alcohol. Uh, let's go ahead and pour ourselves a glass of it when we'll start the tastings. Yeah. All right, folks, now that we have our Kentucky Straight Bourbon whiskey poured from a new rift, let's go ahead and uh, go through the tasting process. Of course, we're always going to, as always, start with the nose. I think we need to start with something else first, though. Cheers. Oh, of course. <laughs> Cheers. Salud. Very inviting. Yeah. Get I, I get a lot of... Oak up front, a little bit of spice in there up front. Get a lot of spicy. Yeah, I, I do get a lot of oak and spice as yeah. well on the nose Which, there. Which, that spice would make sense since 
they're one of the higher rye content whiskeys that I've seen on the market. Yeah. You know, at 30% rye. I'm, I'm getting like a, a hint, like a buttery uh, hint in the nose there. Like almost like a, like a popcorn. It's like you're spreading like, like buttered popcorn. Like you're, like you're spreading butter across like uh, bread or popcorn or some kind of, some kind of carb that you're spreading yeah. that you're mixing with butter. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's really, yeah, really like, quite lovely. Yeah. Like buttered popcorn or like buttered toast. More yeah. so than buttered bread. Let's give it a taste, folks. I'm not crazy about it, to be totally upfront. It's a very chewy, it's a very chewy bourbon, I feel like. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit thicker one to get through. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely has a real kick, I feel like, in the back of the throat there. You get that, you really do get that spice that you, you notice in the nose as well. Yeah, yeah. You definitely get kind of up. It hits me on the back end, really. Yeah, it kind of up front, it presents itself as a very, I would say, very standard bourbon and as very. Slightly caramely, mm-hmm. but like slight, very, very smooth bourbon at the start. And then you kind of, to the back of the mouth, in the back of the taste, then you get that rye kick, yeah, spice we, we kick. Yeah, we had a lot of oak, so we get we had a lot of spice in the, the in the nose, and we also, and that really carried through, like really carried yeah. through. We got a lot of oak in the nose. I'm not getting hardly any oak in the taste, though. I am getting a lot of that butteriness that we talked about earlier. That's why I think yeah. that... that contributes to the thickness the chewiness that you know the heavier nature of it because it's kind of got that that spicy um buttery uh, toffee type feel to it almost yeah 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 you definitely get that buttery chewiness i was gonna gonna almost even say kind of like not that i chew on this but like a leathery chewiness yeah, with it right. to me and then yeah and then very spicy and, and like a spicy caramel finish at the end at the end there it's um yeah. It's good, especially for you know being bottled in bond, hundred proof, um, and a young brand. A young too. brand, I think it's really exceptional. Um, I've had it before. I've had the single barrels before. I'm a bigger fan of the single barrels, but I mean they're hand picked. It's kind of hard to, to to top those. Yeah, so. well, it's hard picked. Or yeah, you're going to be tough to, you know, kind of beat those, and those are going to be tailored to as much as you can with the science of distilling, um, to what the Distiller wants and whoever did those barrel picks or store picks, yeah, wants of course their whiskey to taste like. Yeah, it's a very it's a very rich bourbon. I think it's very smooth, but very <clears throat> much it has a really spicy kick at the end. Yeah, and um, you know, I really think you. I don't think you can complain. I mean, no. it's a little, it's a little pricey, about fifty bucks. I yeah, forty five fifty in this bucks. Area. Um, maybe you know, I, I, it's good. You know, I, I think, yeah. I, I just think if I'm going fifty dollar bourbon. It might not be my first pick, um, but I am a big fan. Again, I just think I'm spoiled because I've had the single barrel. We're about to have yeah. two different uh, samples of this, of two different single barrels. So you know, we kind of, like I said, we get spoiled. But you know, if I think it's an exceptional bourbon for for what we're, we're what it, what it is, really. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, it definitely is good for what it is. Like you said, I think it's probably five to ten bucks priced above what it is but you know being a young brand there's probably some started least, costs behind at least that. the bourbon of course at least yeah. the bourbon is and i think the single barrel i think it's probably appropriately priced um but i think the bourbon is maybe slightly higher than what i would prefer you know if i'm going yeah. for a 50 dollar bourbon i might you know look for like a single barrel or a small batch or exactly. rare bourbon right. a rare bourbon if you can find yeah. it at that price yeah absolutely all right folks we're gonna move on to our first uh picks of the single barrel here mm-hmm. in a minute 
All right, folks, uh, you will not be actually, well, most likely you're not going to be able to join along with us in this tasting because we are going with the uh, some very uh, rare, uh, very personal bourbons uh, that Andy and I both have a close connection uh, to. We're actually going to start off with uh, the single barrel that I received for one of the bottles of the single barrel that I received uh, for, for Christmas. I'm going to go ahead and pour these glasses up real quick. Andy, why don't you, while I do this, why don't you talk to the folks a little bit, talk to them a little bit about the differences between, like, you know, the uniqueness of single barrel, the difference between that and small batch. Just talk to them about some of the stuff you were talking to me, uh, you know, before we turned the mics on earlier today. Yeah, of course. Uh, so kind of some of the differences, just a brief history of it all with single barrels versus small batch versus um, just your regular bourbons that you can find on the shelf from any brand. The main things would be, other than, of course, the names, denoting them um, there. So on a, just a regular bourbon is typically going to be blended, and it'll probably be something that, you know, you're going to sit here and see, you know, multiple different age ranges in bourbon age or bourbon barrels dumped into the same bourbon. And it's going to be something that they're going to sit there and, you know, the master distiller for any brand is going to sit there and say, let's just throw out a number and say, like, I want these 20 different barrels, this amount from each of these 20 different barrels into that bourbon to sit there and create the taste profile I want for our standard product. So you're going to kind of sit there and get consistent flavor and a, and a lot of production availability because you can kind of say well this is the flavor profile I want to hit and this is more or less the age range I want it to be to hit said flavor profile so you're going to end up with a lot of production availability maybe not as much flavor variation go to small batch you're going to have a little bit less or rephrasing that actually a little bit more variation in flavor profile, maybe not as much production capacity because they're going to be going for a little bit more unique of a flavor, unique of a product there that will be a um, little bit tastier, um, maybe a little bit rarer to find on the shelves in the regular bourbon for any brand. And it's going to kind of be something that they want to maybe have a bit more flavor variation from small batch product, you know, from one batch to another, and they might make it, as the name suggests, a smaller batch of barrels that they're going to dump in to create said flavor profile that they want to hit with that product. And then going on to single barrels, um, well, actually before that, small batches, you may or may not see some of them at barrel proof um, because they can sit there and hit you know, because they can kind of sit there and do that with it. But then going on to single barrels, those, as name implies, are literally going to be one barrel goes into that bottle. And typically, of course, depending on how much um, comes out of the bottle, you know, it's, or comes out of the barrel, rather, it's not going to be one bar uh, bottle only. It's going, you know, they might produce several dozen, if not a couple hundred bottles yep. from the remaining product and that's going to be at something that's going to be barrel proof right typically because that's something that they want to sit there and have it literally dump it bottle it that's like they want to try and make it as close to 
when it came out of the barrel ass. Yeah. The uh, the bottle, this first single barrel we're gonna be tasting today, the one that I received as a present, it was picked out. Uh, it was it was picked out. It's tight. It's titled "Raising Glasses," uh, and the Raising Glasses is a group here of a few families. Um, let's see. It was distilled. The barrel. It was barrel distilled on uh, September first, two thousand sixteen. The barrel was bottled on November sixth, two thousand twenty. Um, so just a, about a couple months ago here, uh, Raising Glasses it was released number three. Jaws two. And this group was this one was captured by, uh, let's see, the groups were called, uh, and I'm not sure how you pronounce all of these names. Kern is the first name. That's a that's a family that actually Sarah is close with, and she, they're family friends of hers. Yeah. They were one of the families that picked them out. The other family it's spelled H S U. I have no idea how to pronounce that. One group is Kylie. There's Orsi, Man, um, Sonenshine, and uh, De Hunout. I'm sure I'm butchering some of these names, but that's the group there that uh, picked this out. It's barrel number 16-12162, uh, and it is, uh, it's actually, let's see, 50.6% alcohol by volume, and so that clocks in at a 101.2 proof. Of course, the Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, we tasted earlier, that was uh, bottled in bond, so that was 100 yeah. proof, so this is slightly slightly stronger. Yeah, and so, so that was... So that was something some brands, maybe not necessarily all brands, will do this where they'll sit there and they'll allow maybe an outside group to kind of do a, a pick, a barrel pick. Right. Um, of course, those are not going to be cheap. Typically, those are going to be a few hundred, if not a few thousand dollars I, to buy. Yeah, I talked to, to the, do that. I talked to my friend Jeremy, who's done the process before, and then I talked a little bit to the people who actually picked out this specific uh, barrel. And they said uh, the barrel produced about uh, this barrel produced about two hundred bottles, and it cost about twelve grand in total. Oh, sheesh. there are about six families, I believe, that split up as I went to so the like two thousand dollars split per it up. Yeah, if you. Um, so you you know they probably got. 40, 50 bottles a, a, yeah. a piece. Of Which is not and bad. Then, um, yeah, so they, they were able to, they were willing to give me a couple. So it was really, yeah. really nice. That's very nice. Yeah, let's let's jump on in and uh, give it a sniff, give it a yeah. taste, see what we think. Ooh, right off the bat, I get a lot more of a molasses flavor on there. I get a lot more of like a balsamic vinegar flavor on there, or vinaigrette flavor on there, yeah. on the nose. I still get a little bit of caramel as well. A it's bit. a very light very floral smell like it's very you know the nose is very very light i think i feel like yeah. especially for the strength of the the whiskey yeah i'm getting a lot less spice and a lot just smoother like rich tones versus the bourbon which was a lot spicier in flavor and on the nose yeah yeah and that's something that you know as i was kind of mentioning you might get more flavored notes on both the palate and the nose with a single barrel than a just a straight bourbon yeah. that you, you know just a regular product because typically with those single barrels they're sitting there they're only capturing one versus mm-hmm. just a regular bourbon from any brand yeah they might be trying to hit a very very specific consistent flavor that they want through thousands tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of bottles that they're producing and shipping you know across the u.s or internationally yeah i'm getting a bit of an orange uh, peel type scent to it as well um but overall I just, overall i just feel like it's a very smooth light uh, nose and uh which yeah. kind of is startling a little bit to me considering you know we're looking at what 101 
what did I say? 101.2 proof. 101.2 proof, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, to me, it almost smells slightly floral. Yeah. But it smells like if you, like, drizzled a balsamic, um, balsamic vinegar along with molasses and caramel, like, blended those together, drizzled it on dark cherries and apples, and then garnished it with, um, with flowers. Gotcha. Yeah. To me. Very vivid. Here we go. Cheers. Salute. Cheers. Let's go ahead and give it a taste. It's very good. Yeah, that is very, very good. Um, That's one. Again, I get a bit of what I was saying on the nose there. In the taste, a little bit, not quite as floral, but a little bit right. fruitier on the on the palate. Some of those um, other notes that I was saying there in the nose on the palate. But again, with it, I get a little bit of, I get a little bit of the heat from the alcohol on it. Not, even though it's at 101 proof, not as much as you might expect. Yeah. Um, and then again on it, I still get some of those spices. But even though it's, you know, 1.2 proof higher than their standard bourbon, it's not as spicy as right. the standard bourbon from the I agree. New Riff. I agree with all that. It's definitely got more spice in the in the palate than in the um, the nose there for sure by a lot. Yeah. But even though it's stronger than the bourbon, it's still less spice and just a little smoother. So, But it still has a, a very um, traditional hardcore bourbon finish i feel like it's still very, very sharp finish even though yeah. it's not as spicy as you would think yeah no i agree with you there it's kind of very very hard, standard bourbon taste but a little bit turned up yeah absolutely i totally agree very well done raising glasses um kerns especially thank you so much uh, for allowing me to get one of yeah. these single barrels we really appreciate all the, f- the fans and the family and the friends who are willing to uh help us out in any way Josephine Avenue Whiskey Society. There's also like a like a custom uh, like uh, label or whatever label on it. actually etched into it. Yeah, etched into the glass along with a multiple customized labels. One on the side that gives the the barrel, the distillation date, the you know the bottle date. And then on the front, you got a specialized yeah. label that gives you the proof and the alcohol percentage. It's really, really uh, yeah. It's just a cool process there. I believe they. Mm-hmm. One well, thank they you for you letting a, me try it too. I gotta say, absolutely no problem. That's what we're here for. Uh, they uh, sounds like in the process they for these single barrels for new riff. It's a very unique experience. Yeah, um, where you can actually when you do t- when you pick out the barrel, it sounds like they give you a list of ten different barrels that you can try. It gives you the flavor p- profile for all of them, and you all, the whole group votes on their top three, and whichever top th- whichever ones coming whichever three earn the most votes. Yeah, those are the three you try. Those are the three you sample while you're there, and you pick your favorite, and then. That is the single barrel that you will eventually have bottled for yeah, yourself. Of course. My friend Jeremy was also telling me as long as the barrel is still wet, if you do this at, um, and Cincinnati is really a, is a cool place for alcohol fans, 
breweries, distilleries right there on the border of Kentucky. If you, he, Jeremy told me, if you take your barrel from uh, New Riff once they've actually you know bottled all the alcohol, once the barrel, as long as the barrel's still wet, you can take it to a local uh, brewery like Ryan Guys oh, really? or I didn't know um, this Westside Brewing. There, there's a couple that will do it for you, and you can actually have them brew one of the beers and 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 put the be- the beer into the barrel it. and reuse it, and actually you can then taste the like the, a bit of the bourbon in the beer, and you can not just have your own bourbon that you just had distilled. You can have your own beer that's flavored with the bourbon. Uh, you have your own beer brewed for you as well. Really, I mean, you're gonna have to pay for um, of course the, the beer as well, also. But a really cool process you can do right here in so, the Greater Cincinnati area. So it's almost something kind of like as we've talked about before with what uh, Goose Island and some of these exactly exactly yeah, what we've talked awesome. about Goose Island and uh, it's Goose Island and who was the who was the bourbon that. There's been a few different ones, like Buffalo Trace. Yeah. There's been, like, numerous brands they've worked right. with. I got you. Cool. All right, well, guys, we're going to finish up our uh, our single barrel here, and then we're going to actually move on to another very special uh, single barrel that we'll talk about here a little in a little bit. We're very yeah. excited for it. Uh, finish your drinks, and we'll be right back. All right, folks, now we are officially on to our third tasting of the episode with our third different new riff this is uh the single barrel that my intrepid and brilliant co-host andy kleshik here uh secured through a process um andy i want you to get into that in a little bit here why don't you pour ourselves uh, why don't you pour yeah. us a couple of drinks here of this exquisite elixir um I'm, I'm excited to see you know we uh, we just did a single we did the bourbon now we did, we did a single a single barrel and now we're doing a different single barrel it's going to be really nice to compare these two different single barrels honestly i'm expecting this one to be absolutely exceptional because uh the fact that, you know party source has a very close connection relationship with new riff and this is the party source um selection so andy why don't you tell us how did you end up getting this i'm assuming you just kind of entered the raffle there so this was something actually that um Party Source has, if you go into their store, they actually have a section um, where in their bourbon section, uh, of course, for New Riff. And this is kind of at the back of their bourbon section on a shelf with a whole bunch of other rare bourbons that they have readily available for sale. And it was something, this was a store pick actually for them. So, um, this was one of the ones that they store picked probably one of the various single barrels that they're available to get for them since they're so close in proximity to new riff. Um, you know, they can sit there and just be like, you know, we're going to get, let's just say they want to purchase five different barrels every three months. I don't know how, what their process is for doing that, but let's just say that process, that's what the process is for them. Um, so this was one that one of their just single barrel store picks that they got. And it's just, they just have it actually out on the shelf that any regular customer who's into bourbon that wants to buy it can buy it. It's not one that you had to enter a raffle for. Uh, you just have to kind of, in a sense, know what you're looking for with gotcha. their stuff. And it was um, like we were talking about, it was a store pick single barrel for them. Uh, it wasn't like a like yours that was a private selection barrel pick um, for it. And it was uh, like yours. I'll read off the um, read off their labels here. Like I said, single barrel. It was um, barreled or is distilled on 6-21-2016. And then barrel, uh, it was bottled on 7-16 of 2020. And... 
the notes that they have here are a new riff character in a gentle, subtle presentation, all in a medium body, spicy yet refined and elegant style. Uh, the barrel number 16 10794. And it was uh, bottled, same process and everything for all their other bottles that they do. Uh, barreled at 103 proof or 51.6% alcohol by volume. So a little bit higher proof than what yours was by about two proof. Right. You know, like, like 1% alcohol by volume higher than yours. But, um, you know, still, I think it'll be interesting to see with that, you know, what they, uh, you know, what the difference will be with it. And it was actually uh, bottled single barrel selection at barrel proof is what their, like, top label says. Okay. So, I think it's about that time to uh, for us to try this one. Absolutely. Uh, Let's give it a sniff. Mmm. Very full body. Yeah. I mean, immediately, even though it's like one or two percent alcohol uh, higher, like very, you get a little bit more of that acetone ethanol uh, smell to the nose, for me at least. Absolutely. On it, um, I get a lot of more of those typical uh, bourbon notes on it, like the orange, the citrus notes to it on the nose. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So let's let's move on to, um, if you're ready here, I mean, I think let's move on to what it tastes like. Absolutely. That's really good. Yeah, that is very good. You can, I think you can tell that it's a little bit stronger, but it's still extremely smooth. Yeah. Yeah, like even though... Yeah, even though it's slightly stronger, still exceptionally smooth on it. Um, I I still get a lot of those um, orange notes on it, but I also very much get the uh, like the spice notes that come through uh, with their regular, just their straight bourbon that they produce. I get kind of those notes along with the brown sugar and. Some of the fruity notes that I got from your single barrel, yeah, I get here. I'm getting the brown sugar. I'm still getting like an orange peel type flavor, yeah, um, with some uh, some like cinnamony type spice. A little bit, yeah. I get, I could see that spice there, yeah. Very, very quality. Yeah. Very high quality. Very, stuff. very good. All right, Andy. Any final thoughts you want to give to the folks out there on New Riff? Uh, no, I think we've covered everything there is to cover short of talking to them about it. Perfect. All right, folks, that's it from us, us, I should say, this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe and leave a review. And, uh, of course, tell all of your friends about Distilled Discussions as well. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. We love feedback from our fans. Uh, we love your guys' support. Um, make sure you have a fantastic week. Uh, or, you know, you want to start off your new year right. Make sure you have a great yeah. first week. Make sure you have a great year. Uh, pour yourself another whiskey. And don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week.